It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. What's up, Reds fans, and happy Monday. You're listening to the Locked On Reds podcast with your host, your cheap seat crony, your bench jackie with a beer. My name is Jeff Carr. I'm your host of your only daily Reds podcast. Today, we're going to talk about some musings that I have, just thoughts heading into spring training here. We are now nine days away from pitchers and catchers reporting, and with the Super Bowl in the rearview mirror now, baseball is ahead of us, and it I am super excited for the season. But before we get into all of that, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Also, check us out at LockedOnReds.com. We got a new piece up by Sean Young talking about how the Reds can best utilize Nick Senzel in the upcoming season. So check that out and more at LockedOnReds.com. And look us up on Twitter at LockedOnReds and at Jeff Carr, J-E-F-F-F. C-A-R-R. So let's get right into it. Just had some thoughts about the team heading into the season, some things that I was looking at over the weekend, thinking about the team. Um, really, uh, some some projections, some preliminary projections on Fangraphs came out saying that the Reds would go 82-80. and 80 based on some different factors and stuff. They kind of project a little bit of a bounce-back year for Joey Votto as they have him as the highest wins-above-replacement position player for the Reds. They project all of the pitchers that the Reds acquire to have at least a 2 ERA or, or two 
ERA. Two wins above replacement or better. And they look at um, Nixon Zell as possibly being a two-win guy, and Yasio Puig maybe even being a three-plus win guy. So when you're talking about that, I'm all in on that. I definitely love hearing about how some projection systems are looking at the Reds. And projections, you know, I mean, they're just a nice little guideline. I don't take them at face value. I don't look at them and say, all right, that's what the Reds are going to do. I've been telling you guys for a little while now that I think the Reds are a 500 team right now. They could make a few moves. They could finally pull off that JT Realmuto deal that we've been talking about for eons and eons, it feels like. They're just constant rumors. It got stoked up again over the weekend. On Saturday, I saw a couple of trades from, or a couple of uh, tweets about the trade from Jonathan Mayo saying that the Reds and the Marlins were close on a deal, talking about Jonathan India being the cornerstone prospect in the deal. Uh, Tucker Barnhart was involved, and then a lower prospect. He didn't have a name or anything like that for the lower prospect, but that being the deal. And if that's the case, sign me up. Love it. Uh, let's do it right now. There was even a report from MLB Network Radio that says that the Marlins deal with us may not be the best that they could do. And that's according to former Reds general manager Jim Bowden. And I don't know if you saw, I, I shared that tweet on there. I was a little snarky with it, but you know, Jim Bowden saying, hey, you know, the Marlins could do better than what the Reds are offering. And it's like, really, Jim? Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Gary Majeski, huh? Let's talk about Royce Clayton. I mean, you know, <laughs> not that that still stings or anything like that. That was a while ago, but just kind of a goofy thing for him to say, because who knows, maybe the Reds offer is the best offer they're getting for him. So to say that they could do better, sure, they could do better. They could get someone else, but if they could, then they wouldn't be talking to the Reds because the Reds have the best offer on the table, according to some reports. And that's why they're constantly being brought up by different writers. It's not as if this is just John Heyman or John Morosi constantly reporting the same thing. I mean, I've seen a whole bunch of different guys talking about this deal, even from, you know, Mark Sheldon and John Fay of the local, you know, beat writers talking about the Reds, but also, you know, national guys like Jonathan Mayo and um, Craig Mish. And a couple other guys like that. So it's got legs, but <laughs> it's still a rumor. A rumor, rumor, rumor. Just like I said with C-Trent. Rumor me this, rumor me that. That's been this whole off season. And hey, I've been happy to be talking about it because compared to the last couple of off seasons, this has been just an absolute joyride to watch. And I'm looking forward to the way that it's going to turn out on the field. I really feel like the Reds have a solid team that, you know, at some point during the season, they may be in first place. They may be, you know, maybe up by half game or maybe they're right there in the hunt for a long time. I don't think this is a situation that we looked at the last five years where it's like, man, they're out of this by July, you know, or out of this by August or whatever. I think they're going to be in it just about all season. And if they can make a few more moves, get Real Muto, and maybe 
I don't know, get, get another pitcher or something like that. Not really sure that there's any other big rumors cooking on the back burner. Of course, I told you guys that before the JT Realmuto rumors really picked back up again. I didn't think they'd make another big move. And here we are on the doorstep of what might be the biggest move. I don't know that it'd be bigger than the Dodgers trade, but it would probably be right up there with it. So it'd be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, but as it stands, it's still just a constant rumor. I definitely got my finger on the pulse of that and I'll keep you updated. But we're going to take a quick break here on the Monday edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. After a few ads, we'll be right back looking at spring training. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You're listening to the Lockdown Reds on this Monday. I appreciate your download and your listen. My name is Jeff Carr. I'm the host of the only daily podcast for the Cincinnati Reds. Talking about looking into spring training for Cincinnati this season. And, you know, we've talked ad nauseum about the different moves that the offseason has brought to the Reds, the different um, acquisitions that have changed the makeup of this team. One of the things we haven't really looked at too much is some of the players, some of the fringe players, and I kind of want to talk about those throughout this week, but some of the guys who, you know, maybe they're on the bubble, maybe they're on the outside looking in, who knows if they'll even be on the roster on opening day, but some of the guys that I was looking at that You know, we saw a lot of in 2018, and I'm not advocating that they stay on the roster by any means. I'm just saying that, you know, it's interesting. It's a microcosm of the difference between the 2019 season and the 2018 season. You know, the mandate for the 2018 season was we've got these young guys. It's time for them to prove that they can run this franchise into success you know, in the coming years, in the coming seasons. And what happened, it didn't really work out. Unfortunately, I mean, you know, there's a lot of young guys that you really root for, you really pull for to figure things out. And the first guy that I want to talk about that is definitely on the bubble, on the fringe, maybe even on the outside looking in for 2019, the first guy that I think about when I think of these, this group of players, I think about Robert Stevenson. How many times did... We look at Robert Stevenson in the years past since he was drafted and say, and you know, I thought this maybe I was a little um, little too high thinking about this, a little too high on Robert Stevenson thinking about this, but, you know, I almost kind of felt like looking at him, it's almost as if the Reds had their version of Steven Strasburg, you know, Steven Strasburg 2.0, something like that. And he had all the promise in the world, and he just never could put it together. And it looks like he's still got the talent. It looks like he's still got the stuff. It's just he didn't know how to locate it last year. He was dreadful when it came to keeping the ball in the strike zone. I mean, in fact, in 
his 11 and two-thirds innings pitched, he had 12 walks. So for every inning he pitched, he walked at least a guy. Um, he gave up 17 hits. People were just all over on him. And he had a 9.2 ERA. Now, this was something that kind of struck me in that last season. It felt like there were you know, a game here or there where it seemed like Stevenson was starting to put it together. Maybe he had a halfway decent performance in an inning or something like that. And you thought maybe it was starting to click. Maybe there was a point where you could see a turnaround for Stevenson. And then you look at these season numbers and you just say, wow, a 9.2 ERA? When you see that season number, there's no point that you look at and you say, boy, he's coming around. You know, he only pitched a few games in that season. And really, the the start that I look at, that I say maybe he was starting to figure it out, was his start on August 22nd against Milwaukee. And I know this sounds silly to say because it was a five-inning start in which he gave up four runs, and he walked three guys. He had nine hits, but it's like, okay, he put together five innings, and he didn't get blown up. I mean, four runs isn't great, right? I I understand that. But maybe it was something where he was starting to turn around a little bit. He looked like he maybe had a little bit more promise, and then he came in in a relief appearance on August 26th against the Cubs, and in one inning he gave up three runs. I don't know what Derek Johnson has in store for Robert Stevenson. I'll be interesting to see if there is some sort of improvement this spring training with him. But the problem with Robert Stevenson is he either makes the bullpen or he's not going to be on the team because he does not have any options. They can't send him down without putting him on waivers. And Robert Stevenson fits the bill as the kind of guy that if you try to set him on waivers and you try to pass him through and try and send him down to AAA, then a team like the Twins or the Diamondbacks or maybe even the Mariners or, um, you know, one of those fringe teams that maybe they're not expecting to do well this year, Maybe they take a flyer on him and they say, you know what, maybe he just needs to change his scenery and he can figure things out again. And then he gets picked up off waivers and he's not even with the Reds anymore. So I think this is a scenario that if he doesn't make the opening day roster, if he doesn't make the opening day bullpen, then he is no longer a Red because he's just not going to make it to AAA. And that's really sad. I mean, we're talking about a dude who was a first-round pick. Now, it was back in 2011, and think about that. He has been in the minors. He's been toiling around in the minors for seven years. And his entire you know, career numbers, he's thrown 133 innings in the major leagues. He threw 84 and two-thirds innings in 2017, and that was the most that he's thrown in one year in the majors. So it's just, it seems like Stevenson is going to be the kind of guy that we look at and say he was one of the casualties of the rebuild. A guy that was labeled as a high-level prospect ever since being drafted and just didn't develop. I mean, the biggest criticism of the Reds in this rebuild is that they've been unable to develop their pitching, and Robert Stevenson is the first 
and foremost example of that because if he's a first round pick that means that he had great talent coming out of high school so you know high school arms they take a little bit more grooming but that's all on the developmental program that he's going through and it's just sad to see that the evidence of this thought it's it's not a th- I mean, it's, it's kind of a theory, but there's almost enough of the facts to look and say, nah, this is kind of now, this is kind of now, you know, proven that the Reds just didn't have a handle on developing their pitching. And Robert Stevenson is probably going to be the first casualty of that. So, you know, we'll we'll take a look at a few other fringe guys this week a lot of them are going to be pitchers because like i said you know they've revamped their pitching staff in fact over the weekend they finalized the deal with zach duke a guy who was with the team back in 2013 as a decent um, left-handed option out of the bullpen he had a pretty nice year that season bounced around the league since then and hasn't really done nothing of super impressive nature but now that he's coming to the Reds, he's not going to be the main left-handed option. The main left-handed guy out of the bullpen for the Reds is still going to be Amir Garrett. He's got oodles of talent. So Zach Duke may be looked at, you know, assuming he has a decent spring and makes the major league roster, that he's going to be the Lukey, the left-handed only guy, the um, situational guy they bring in to take on the left-handed hitter and just get that one out. And that's okay. I mean, I know most teams are sort of trending away from specialists, but I think if you've got one in your bullpen, that's okay. We're not trying to build a bullpen like our favorite manager, Tony La Russa, tried to do where just about everybody seemed to be a specialist. But I think Zach Duke fits the bill as a nice left-handed option out of the bullpen. So um, guys like Robert Stevenson may be on the outside looking in, and spring training is going to show us a lot. And Derek Johnson's got some work to do, especially with types like Robert Stevenson, because it looks like we may be talking about the end of a Reds career that looked like it had so much promise. And that's really unfortunate. But I appreciate you listening to this Monday edition of the podcast. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking more expectations for spring training. Hopefully, we'll be talking about some news. I'm, you know, each and every day, I got my fingers crossed that we'll see JT Ramuto in a Reds uniform. It's funny because I had a buddy say that uh, he saw a couple of people at Costco, one of them wearing a Puig jersey and someone else wearing a custom-made, obviously, JT Realmuto jersey. And I was like, boy, how, how weird would that be if the Reds don't end up getting him? But maybe that's a sign. Maybe that's a sign that JT Realmuto will be here. So hopefully we'll have something to talk about like that on Tuesday. Otherwise, we'll just be talking some more spring training. It is upon us, people. Get ready. You're listening. To, you've been listening to the Locked On Reds podcast. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.